From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. Good evening to you, Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Special welcome to those of you listening around the world via our international podcasting network as we go live here, Elaine, and of course here uh, in the front room of Advancing Vibrant Communities. So if you hear the uh, the buses driving up and the sirens coming by, they're they're not. I know they're not coming <laughs> well, for me today. Not today, maybe. No, because we have <laughs> we'll we have see. some of our favorite people uh, <laughs> oh, with us so today, cool. and so uh, cool. just looking forward to uh, talking about one of the wonderful partnerships that's occurring right now uh, between various facets of the community, including the faith-based community, but it's, it's neat to see uh, the various elements of the community come together in a common cause, and in this case, it's uh, called weed and seed, and that's not weed like, no, you know, no. that kind of, not, not that kind of weed, but, you know, weeding out the bad and, and, and right. seeding, seeding, in the seeding good. with the good, and uh, uh, Police Chief Roy Wasden here is, uh, is with us, a longtime friend of ABC, yes. and our good friend, uh, Pastor Wayne bridegroom and uh, Cindy Ray, also from the uh, uh, Weed and Seed program. But before we get to that, let's uh, check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with a principle to consider if you call yourself a Jesus freak. Richard Wormbrandt, founder of the Voice of the Martyrs, who spent 14 years in a communist prison, once said, a man really believes not what he recites in his creed, but only the things he is ready to die for. Martin Luther King Jr. amplified that statement with his own in 1963. He said, if a man hasn't discovered something that he will die for, he isn't fit to live. So friend, what is your creed? What are you living for? What I'm hearing is this, you can't really live for Christ unless you are willing to die for him. Will you stand with the voice of the martyrs? Go online to persecution.net. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. Again, Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, and, of course, our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, with here uh, with us as well. And uh, just a reminder, if you'd like to find out uh, about new opportunities to serve, Elaine updates those several times a day on our daily update page, and you can access that at www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's www.vibrantcommunities.org communities.org or give us a call 209-544-9571 that's 209-544-9571 
800-259-9571. Elaine, last week, just a great time with Brad Dacus and the Pacific Justice Institute. Tremendous information and for Turkey. And what a wonderful huh? turnout. We just had a great time. I want to thank awesome. all those who showed up for that. You know, when we read in the paper about these issues of eminent domain and, and things like that, and, you know, how does the church respond to that? And, you know, what are the boundaries and what rights are on both sides of the fence? And I think it was a great way to lay all that stuff on the table and uh, uh, have some, um, really, some information ready just in case you run up against those uh, types of issues. Remember, you can contact the Pacific Justice Institute. You know, $400 for my nose and my mouth doesn't work today. The Pacific Justice Institute, you can give them a call at one 305 9129 That's 1-888-305-9129. Or go to their website at www.pacificjustice.org. And speaking of Brad Dacus, here's this week's update from the Pacific Justice Institute. Brad Dacus, welcome back to Lighthouse Live. And before we talk about this whole spanking legislation coming up, thank you and your team for just a dynamite seminar last week down here in Modesto on legal issues and opportunities facing the church. Uh, you know, I, if you were to pay for that uh, on the open market, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'd have to pay hundreds of dollars to attend that. And uh, Brad, it was just an amazing day. Great, great responses from that. And I, I just have to thank you. You're getting that type of reception up and down the state. Yeah, I tell you, Michael, we were very impressed with uh, the, the the turnout there in Modesto. Uh, I, I was very pleased with the the, the number, large number of pastors that showed up and uh, and got the the information. Um, and you're right, um, you know, we had all our sharp attorneys there uh, putting it on. And uh, normally, those things uh, seminars cost hundreds of dollars to oh, attend. Yeah. And you're right, we provide it without charge. And the reason, because that's what we at Pacific Justice Institute are all about is is serving unconditionally, um, providing the needs for the body of Christ and for the pastors and the churches, and and um, so it was a real joy, and we're real pleased that um, that uh, so many uh, received the benefit from it. Amen. Well, thank you again uh, for that opportunity. Hey, let's turn our attention now to this spanking legislation that's coming up, and it's hard to believe, but it's being considered. Uh, tell us uh, how the Pacific Justice Institute is uh, becoming involved in that process. Yeah, that was well, it's really alarming. Um, I'm sure many of your listeners have already, of course, heard about it. The, this, the uh, state assemblywoman who's uh, prom- you know, promoting that and wanting to uh, basically ban any kind of corporal punishment, even slapping of a hand of any child. Uh, last we heard was under the age of four. So uh, that's very serious. Um, you know, she she's had no children, and um, you know, not that she can't care about children, but there's a certain sense of reality that comes into play when you actually have had the, the you know, the, the terrible twos. And, Amen. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and how do you, you know, keep them from burning themselves on a stove or, uh, or, uh, or biting their brother or sister, you know, it's, um, so, uh, there's, there, so unfortunately though, that, you know, she's, thinks she's doing a good thing and she has a professor from the University of San Francisco supporting her and, um, and so we're going to need to fight that. And so we at Pacific Justice to, uh, have mobilized our our forces on it, and uh, once it becomes as a bill number, we'll be uh, weighing in on it. We'll probably be testifying against it, and we'll be bringing in experts uh, also to testify against it. Uh, but it's um, without question, uh, it's probably the first shot off the bow and uh, on this subject. And I think uh, we'll probably see other states uh, attempting to do it as well if they're successful here. Probably not an issue that's going to go away, is what you're saying. 
No, it, it, I really don't think it will. And the reason is because a number of countries in Western Europe, uh, you know, have already Sweden, for example, have already passed this kind of legislation, and so it's that's something we're going to have to deal with and um, and really convince America that uh, that it's it's foolish and. Uh, practically speaking, that uh, makes little sense. I think what's scary is the state taking over the role of the parent. That's that's what really bothers me. Oh yeah, what what also bothers me is is the penalty involved. Yes. It's not like well, if you do it, you get your hand, you know, your hand slapped. Pardon me. <laughs> or, yeah. You, know, you, you just or you you, know, you get a fine or something. No, they they are, can prosecute you and put you up to one year in jail as a misdemeanor, and Take your children permanently mm. for slapping your child's hand for preventing from burning himself on the stove or, or pulling off a hot boiling pot of water or something. I mean, you know, that's that's the kind of discretion that this uh, legislator and wants to to uh, you know to give the state of California and, and social workers CPS and uh, that's uh, horrific, horrific. And so we we at Pacific Justice, you know, we're the, we are the the leaders and the defenders of parental rights here on the West Coast, you know, by far. And so, uh, with our attorneys and our our, uh, repu- our reputation and the work we do with the legislators, we're um, going to be working, you know, hard to uh, to uh, to stand up against this. Friends, all the more reason to support the Pacific Justice Institute, both uh, in terms of your prayers and financially as well. We'll give you those numbers to call and the website in just a moment. Brad, again, thank you so much for all the work that you do. Thank your team uh, for being out there, uh, really, uh, to to be our advocate and, and to watch uh, legislation in places where sometimes we can't see it happening. Just so much appreciate what you do, and, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Oh, thank you, and thanks again for your help on the uh, seminar. Once again, friends, to contact the Pacific Justice Institute, it's one 9129 That's one 9129 Or you can contact them via the web at www.pacificjustice.org. <laughs> I don't know how you remember that phone number. It's incredible. It's a curse. I don't know. I don't know. We have some opportunities, dear friends, for you to consider. This is from the Volunteer Center of the United Way. You can share your love of horses with disabled children and adults. Volunteers ages 13 years and up are needed to commit to a couple of hours a week uh, to work and to assist rides during therapy sessions. Now, volunteers walk along the arena beside the riders who are on horseback, lead the horses, play games with the riders, and probably not play games with the horses. That probably wouldn't be a good idea, but groom the horses. And and it's just a lot of fun. That's a really, really good outfit. So we would encourage you to uh, uh, volunteer and consider the Carousel Therapeutic Riding. Good stuff. Modesto Gospel Mission, where you can provide hope to the homeless. Uh, Volunteer babysitters are needed to supervise children uh, from infant to 12 years during indoor and outdoor play activities, uh, assist with snacks and fun things like that, while the parents attend classes. And this is weekdays from 1.30 to 3 p.m. at the Women and Children's Facility. They also need volunteers to uh, serve food at any of the four daily meals. There's one at 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m., 11.30 a.m., and 7.30 p.m. People eat at 6 a.m.? People actually uh, before 6 a.m. I didn't know, I know 6 a.m. came. For you 6 o'clock comes more than once a day? Really? I <laughs> yeah. didn't know that. True. Oh, okay. 
Also, the Modesto Pregnancy Center, where you can assist women facing unplanned pregnancies and really help out in a tremendous way there. Volunteers are needed to work directly with the clients to provide peer counseling and assist with support groups that happen there, too. Uh, Also needed is your help with clerical duties, answering phones, and just to greet clients and uh, to share the love of Christ. It's a great, great ministry. The Modesto Pregnancy Center is a medical clinic offering pregnancy testing, verification, confidential options, and counseling, uh, support to women facing unplanned pregnancies, and community education on abstinence, fetal development, and accurate STD information. So if you have any uh, questions on any of these items, feel free to call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113. She'll be happy uh, to hear from you. And you can always give us a call here, and I think I can remember our number, (laughs) 209-544-9571, because we have lots of opportunities, uh, friends, for you to become involved with. A couple of items here. Coming up at Big Valley Grace uh, in February on uh, the 7th, no, make that February 2nd, from 7 to 9 p.m. at Big Valley Grace, it's Becoming a Contagious Christian. Mark Middleberg will be coming and uh, sharing a lot of uh, uh, items of interest, and this will be a $10 charge. It's on Friday, February 2nd from 7 to 9, Saturday, February 3rd from 8 a.m. to 12.30. If you want more information on that, you can give them a call at 571-4337. Ask for Carla, and she'll be glad to uh, fill you in. Also, you want to save the date for Modesto Covenant Church. They are uh, bridging the interpersonal gap, so to speak, with David Ekman uh, having a seminar there on Sunday, February 25th, and there'll be a a light lunch and all kinds of goodies provided, plus some great things uh, involving communication, ineffective styles, effective styles, excuse me, managing hurt and anger, learning to talk, which, you know, that that might be in there, too. Uh, Coming to a decision, save the date, Modesto Covenant Church, and if you want more information on this, give them a call at 527. Seven four one one zero, and uh, we're going to bring up uh, some some information on getting your tax taxes done. If you are low income, uh, you just might qualify for this. Well, I, I wasn't until I paid the taxes. <laughs> then <laughs> then you were in big trouble, that put huh? Me in that well, bracket. we're going to uh, get you involved in this because you might qualify for earned income tax credit. And uh, the folks at VITA, Volunteer mm. Income Tax Assistance, are going to help us out. And we're going to be talking a lot more about those kinds of things tonight. But, you know, we have dignitaries with us today. And we are just so excited because uh, we are honored to have the man at the helm, Modesto City's Police, Chief Roy Wasden. Welcome. Elaine, it's wonderful to be here. Pastor, good to be with you and here with my friends. Yeah, yeah. it's great to have fun. you and and uh, the woman who makes it all happen and keeps us all yep. behaving ourselves at yep. the Weed and Seed meeting, Cindy Ray. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking time out. And a good friend of ours who's been on the West Side for many, many years. We won't say how many years, Pastor Wayne, but we, <laughs> we're so glad to have you back. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Now, we probably would all agree that too few people are aware of, when we talk about weed and seed, uh, what it is, who it serves, who serves, and what our goals are. Chief, do you want to Well, yes. I, I, thank you for letting me, letting me start out. Something that we really believe in. Um, it's actually Paradise South Gateway to Change, mm-hmm. and it's a weed and seed program of the Department of Justice. And, gosh... Four years ago, we started the application cycle, and the first time through, no, three years ago, 
the application cycle. Mm -hmm. And the first time through, uh, they said, it was a nice application, but we're not going to designate you as a weed and seed site. We looked at the area that basically goes from Paradise Road to the river, 99 to Carpenter Road. And we looked at that area because it has some geographic definition. It's some really wonderful neighborhoods, mm -hmm. uh, wonderful people, wonderful families, a lot of sense of community in there, but also one of our highest call load areas in the city. As a matter of fact, for the city of Modesto, for the police department, it was the highest demand for service. And a lot of, in, a lot of those calls involved drugs and gangs and violence and failing families and youth that were having troubles. And, and so it was an area that we knew. I, I knew Pastor Bridegroom and a number of great friends, Bob Schmall, uh, in that area and many others. Uh, um, and as we talked, we realized we had to bring some new solutions to that area. So we went through our first application cycle, then we went through our second application cycle. And it's interesting, typically it takes five application cycles to get designation and then several cycles after that to get funded. On our second application cycle, we were awarded weed and seed status, a recognized weed and seed area, because of both the demonstrated partnerships, the collaboration, the desire to work together, the fact that it's a city-county. This is an area that is mm -hmm. pockets of county, right. uh, interspersed with city, mm -hmm. which creates some real um, governmental issues. It's just, you know, I know people think about government, they just think we're all the same. But the reality is city governments, county governments, state governments, federal governments, and there's just the layers and the inability to really coordinate well in between, which is very frustrating to our residents because the government's government, and we ought to be able to work together. So the weed and seed designation was a big impetus for mm -hmm. us as city and county government to truly say, and we haven't accomplished it 100% yet, but we're certainly working at it. How do we uh, cohesively deliver services to make a difference in this part of the city? Uh, somebody with an abandoned car with a vicious dog running loose with uh, an issue on their street, and they see a police officer stop, and it's out of their jurisdiction. They don't understand that. They just know there was an officer there, and they didn't take care of the problem. And, of course, the officer is bound by jurisdictional requirements, and so they end up trying to coordinate over to the county or the county over to the city. And, unfortunately, we drop the ball far too often. And so with Weed and Seed in the application, a big part of that application was the working and coordination of county and city services together. And... Uh, it's something that the residents in the area should hold us accountable to do. It's just so very, very important. And uh, so we're ongoing. After we got our designation, we were very fortunate to be able to get Cindy Ray as our uh, director. Of She's a wonderful yeah. program coordinator. She yeah. just stepped right up to the plate, didn't she? Fabulous. Mm -hmm. and, what a tremendous uh, job. She's marshaled us into the funding cycle. <laughs> she has written the funding applications. They were recognized. They said this has merit. This is, you know, something that needs to be done. And so the funding cycle began, and we're in our first year of funding. It just turned in the budget for the second year. And uh, I guess I, I, I could go on for hours. But <laughs> I really believe in this process you do, because yes, we yes. come in as the police. We're not the solution. The police are mm. not the solution. Mm. We buy time. We come in and we, you know, take away the guns, take away the gangs, deal with the issues. But if we don't seed that neighborhood with good, worthwhile activities, if we don't build in the education, the success of families, 
the weeds will come back. The problems will come back. So that's we're right in the middle of our first year of full funding uh, with Cindy at the helm and great partnerships going on, and we're very excited for what's happening in Paradise South. You know, Chief, I think one of the, the positive things that we be, we began to see early on is this cooperation between governmental agencies. It, and having yes. worked for state, local, federal, and international agencies in, in previous careers, you know, the territorial stuff yeah. is just, you know, it can be absolutely frustrating to, yes. to the nth degree, and yet we've seen a lot of progress. Certainly a long way to go yet. You know, we're, we're not there but uh, tremendous progress has has been made. People are talking together. And I, I'm just thinking of, you know, uh, you and, and Sheriff Adam Christensen, yes. you know, working yes. together, and, yes. and we're beginning to see these agencies not only work together on the governmental li- level, but even as important, other community uh, entities coming together and being yeah. part of it. And and, and Wayne, I I know that uh, you know you've been duking it out for for decades. And, uh, you know, a tremendous. I'm old, aren't I? <laughs> well, no, I didn't say that. No. But I would imagine o- over time, uh, Wayne, that, that you've seen a, a little movement, you know, in terms of the community beginning to work together. And, and, and again, certainly we're not there yet, but uh, at least we have uh, the impetus to. And we see people sitting down at the table with a goal in mind. And unity often comes from aiming at the at the same target. Maybe just a, a few words from you, Wayne, on, on uh, what you have seen in terms of changes and that cooperative spirit beginning to take over. Well, I, I really think it began back in the flood of 97. Mm-hmm. Uh, county government and city government uh, laid down their swords and uh, the, the cooperation began there. Um, uh, but I want to reiterate what uh, what the chief has said. Uh, I, I live in a county pocket, and, and uh, our church is located in a county pocket. And, uh, um, you know, I mean, there, there have been times when we just would wait and wait and wait for a deputy from the sheriff's department to come because their territories are so huge, and yeah. yet there was an MPD officer on the next street over, but it was, quote, out of his territory. And uh, 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 the way that the chief and the sheriff have worked together has, has been wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually have MPD officers driving down my street now, and um, uh, we have seen that uh, uh, cooperation uh, uh, begin to develop uh, in code enforcement. I was just talking to uh, Bob Schmall about two hours ago um, uh, in that regard because they, they're, what they look for is different. Their methods of enforcement are different. And I mean, you know, we've got quite a grapevine, and I, I just I don't want people saying, "Oh, well, the county did this," but uh, I, yeah. what a mess, right. you know. And and so they're they're working at at getting their act together, and and that's good. Um, but uh, around the uh, um, table as a whole, uh, there is we're not there yet, but there is a partnership developing. Right that I have never seen before. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it includes everything from uh, um, uh, law enforcement and, and other government agencies um, uh, to the faith community to community-based uh, organizations uh, and, and then just more and more individuals uh, getting involved. I know uh, one of our longtime friends and a neighbor of the church uh, has been in, in touch with Cindy here recently. Uh, because they want to do a 4-H program, and so it, we're we're beginning to see, you know, some neighbors step up, 
and and take mm. ownership Amen. and that's a good thing. So it's moving in the right direction. The Amen. collaboration is just incredible to see. We so enjoy the partnerships that we see take place because government working alongside the faith-based community, which is where we come in, it's just it's just wonderful to see that take place. Does this happen in other areas and um, how does this come about? Cindy, I'm sure that you see this uh, a lot of times with the weed and seed in the other areas and and Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, we are unique as a weed and seed site because I know of no other weed and seed site, and there are approximately 300 other sites in the United States, none that are dual jurisdiction like we are. They're all either a county or a city. Mm -hmm. So we're unique. And I've at conferences, I've met with people, talked with people, and they're just shocked. And they they understand the, the challenges because there's two two of everything, to law enforcement, to code enforcement, to everything. So it's really, we're unique in that way, and we're paving the way for, uh, for other places. Ahead of the curve, maybe, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. and the cooperation, I, I know you appreciate that. I completely appreciate that. And I've worked in local government for almost 20 years here. I've worked for the county. I've worked for the city. I've seen... I've seen the lack of cooperation in some areas, and, and this Sweden seat has kind of been a way, a, a reason for the government agencies to come together and work together on a, on a sole goal and purpose. So I appreciate it. And then, again, the faith community, we totally appreciate ABC and their monthly graffiti paint outs. Oh, we and, so enjoy that. This last know, week we had such a fun time. We were out there painting this last Saturday, and a little guy, Julio, second grader, standing there a little bit shy. Pretty soon, Pastor Mike gave him a, a roller, and he's painting right along with us. And it was just a wonderful time. Wasn't that great? It, it was a great thing. And, you know, he was, he was standing there very quietly, you yes. know, watching us. And I said, where do you go to school, Franklin? And Julio's not his real name because we want to protect him, you know, in case word gets out. But uh, what grade are you in second? You know, we're painting. And I said, does that look better? You know, we, we paint over that stuff. Yeah. I said, would you like to paint? Yeah. <laughs> and that guy took that roller, and he went down the whole easement area. I him. mean, he got this determined look on his face, a little second grader, you know, and it was such a neat thing to just be able to connect with the community. And, you know, as we're out there, and I'm sure, you know, you, you appreciate this, Wayne. Yeah, neighbors come out. You're uh, You're making my... My own personal fence, very, <laughs> very thick with paint, <laughs> removing all those Norteños and XIVs and so on. I think the back of your fence is now yeah. an inch longer. Uh, I think it is. Thicker, yeah. right? <laughs> I think it is. But there's, there's an issue. You were talking about jurisdictional issues. Mm. You know, as we're painting your alley, if you look across the street, it's in, city. It's city. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and and uh, by the way, when we see graffiti over there, we just paint it over anyway. Making Thank you. Us, so. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, an, an interesting thing, though, is is our whole area and uh, um, or my alley, which is county across the street, which is city, um, was all graffitied up. And about five days before you came the city portion had been painted out, but my portion had not been painted out, you know. So, I mean, these are some of the issues we're still wor- working on, but uh, 
again, it, it really is moving in the right direction. You know, and, and talking about that particular uh, issue, Chief, you know, we when we started in the program, mostly it was the Norteños and the Sereños, mm-hmm. and now we're seeing, uh, you know, 18th Street uh, graffiti up there, from I think from L.A., and yes. and uh, also the Crips, which I, I thought, wow, what are, they, you know, what are they doing here? Uh, we're becoming kind of a microcosm, aren't we? We're, we, we really are. I, uh, your experience with Julio is the hope. Yeah. Of the future, yeah, that that somebody steps up and said, "This is my neighborhood." I'm, I'm, pastor does it. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, there's many. If you went door to door to every door in that community and knocked on every door and could see the heart of the people, right? Had on heart glasses and you can see <laughs> good person, bad person. You would find that that community is filled with good and wonderful people Amen. who love yes, and care yes. about their families. Yes. It's not a bad community, mm-hmm. but what happens is these influences come in. The bad uh, house that gets some bad direction, maybe drugs, maybe drugs and gangs, and those influences end up graffiti out in the neighborhood, end up in the blight and the just the corrupting influences that create that fear that a little guy like Julio can show the courage to grab that roller and say, nah, you know, it That's looks right. better. My neighborhood looks better without that, yeah. and and, it, and that commitment matters. And the the chief hit it on the head there that. It creates fear. There, there's a lot, a of, lot fear. of yeah. Yes. There's a lot of intimidation, yes. mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and people don't uh, always know who to call or if they dare call, uh, and and so the you know the the gangbangers basically uh, rule by intimidation. And yet, I don't know. The interesting thing I found is is if you get those guys alone, they're. Yeah, they're the nicest kids you could want to be around if you get them together, though. That's something else. You know, what is really cool, a lot of times they'll they'll drive by the neighbors, they'll give us the thumbs up and say Mm -hmm. thank you, you know, because they really do appreciate and, and, oh, that, you know, someday that they would take these neighborhoods back, and and that's sort of the goal, sort of the vision that we have, isn't it? That's exactly the goal, that they take ownership and... You know, as as pastor's done in his neighborhood, it's owned. I've been there on National Night Out and big party going on and good food and good friends. And and they're, they own their block. But we need to expand that. We need to do more. Uh, we need to get more people involved. And it's, you know, many times it's uh, more a sense of hopelessness that we need to replace mm-hmm. with a sense of hope. Amen. And that's yes. what these partnerships do. And mm-hmm. that's what we understand that maybe there's some... You know, we don't trust government or we don't trust the police. You know, you're not going to be here. If I go, if I go, you know, take a stand and paint out graffiti and then somebody gets mad at me, you know, well, you, you won't get here in time. You won't. And I guess my answer to that is the only way to deal with a bully is to deal with a bully. Amen. That's right. You've got to step up and say, this is my place and I'm not putting up with it. Amen. And mm-hmm. so it's just so important that we get that confidence and uh, get the community to own it. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, it gets us out of work. I mean, truly. Yeah. Amen. And, uh, That's right. We just want to worry about, you know, directing traffic and and uh, maybe speeders, you know. There you stuff go. Like that. We are so glad you guys are here. We're weeding and seeding with some of the key players from Modesto tonight. And, you know, ABC oftentimes get asked why we're involved. I kind of like Super Chick's perspective in their song entitled We Live on Lighthouse Live. There's a cross on the side of the road where a mother lost a son. How could she know that the morning he left would be the last time she'd trade with him for a little more time? She could see she loved him one last time. And hold him tight, but with life, we never know when we're coming up 
to the end of the road. So what do we do then with tragedy around the bed? We live, we love, we forgive and never give up. Cause the days we are given are gifts from above. And today we remember to live and to love. Guests tonight are from the Weed and Seed, Paradise South, Gateway to Change, uh, Chief Roy Wasden, Cindy Ray, and Pastor Wayne Bridegroom. And it's just wonderful to have you here. You know, recently, uh, Chief, we attended the State of the City Address, our wonderful mayor right now, are in, uh, at the beautifully renovated State Theater. And just wanted to get your perspective uh, of the state maybe on a, a, a focus as we think about the West Side and weed and seed and how far we've come, what's been accomplished, and maybe still some things that are left to do. I just got to say we do have a great mayor. Thank, mm-hmm. you know, Amen. Yeah, what, a, what, a, what a blessing. What a good yes. and dedicated man. Good I sure man. appreciate him. All mm-hmm. of our council members, Amen. the effort and energy they put in to what they do, the work that they do. and. Yeah. Tell them thanks when you see them. I mean, everybody wants to always be beaten up on the council members. It's a thankless job. It's costs some money to serve. I mean, you don't the little bit of money they get for being on the council doesn't even cover the things they're getting invited to that they have to pay for to represent the community. So we need to really appreciate what they're doing and the issues they struggle with. Um, As I look at, you know, where are we at? What what what's the state of the city? You know, I'm very hopeful. I uh, think we've seen very positive change. Our technology is improving all the time. Our partnerships, uh, I guess I look at the evidence that how are things going? Well, last year we were 
number one in National Night Out Against Crime again in the whole United States of America. It's amazing, amazing, isn't it? Modesto, yes. California is number wow. one. Yeah, and why cool. are they number one? Because the neighborhoods are involved. They, they pull together. They're a part of their community. I'm, I mean, when I was over at Pastor's Neighborhood Night Out Party on uh, the first Tuesday of this past August. And good multicultural food there, it too. It was wonderful. Huh? <laughs> I, I, I put on like 20 pounds that <laughs> night. It was wonderful. And I see those things, and I guess I just have the absolute belief that we're going to prevail and make a difference and it, it really is about the little Julios, the little second graders. You know, who that's just so need precious. a chance to grow up. It's yes. really, really touched our hearts. Just a chance to grow up in a wonderful environment like I had. Um, and, and so the state of the city, we've got challenges, but, we, you know, none of them we're going to run away from. We're going to make it happen. Well, and I think that's a key element. And, and, and Wayne, I think you, uh, you've been ringing this bell for a long time, and, and it took a while for a lot of us to get it. But there's a, really a key element is perseverance, and, and you've got to stay for the long haul. And I yes. think uh, one of the things in, in our Western church culture, you know, we, we are very used to, um, oh, we're going to have an event. So we'll go to the other side of town, and we'll paint out graffiti or we'll clean up a yard or something uh, on this date, and we can check that off our list for 2007 and go on and do something else. Wayne, talk just very briefly about the importance of having a presence and staying there uh, for the long haul. That that means a lot to the folks who live in the neighborhoods, right? Yeah, it means a lot. The truth is, Mike, is I, I mean, to really be honest, <clears throat> I have to watch a sin problem of cynicism in my own life because I have seen it so many times, whether it's other churches or government or schools. Folks will come in and they think they've got the greatest thing since sliced bread and it's going to work out just fine, you know. But, I mean, for those of us that have lived there for a number of decades, frankly, we just roll our eyes and, okay, well, we'll see someone different, you know, two years from now. Yeah. Um, uh, but but perseverance is important and, and that's, that's why... Uh, uh, I think it's uh, so critical that this weed and seed uh, uh, program is a five-year program and it's not just a one- or a two-year thing uh, because, frankly, uh, uh, it, it didn't take us uh, a year or two to get into the trouble we're in. I mean, we're talking about something that took decades, yes, right. and we're not going to get out of that trouble in a year or two. Right. And so, so my hope is that five years is, is going to provide the building blocks so that then those of us that live there, we citizens, can take the bull by the horns and, and, and go from there. Um, I, um, I, I find it an interesting phenomenon that in the um, uh, typical uh, evangelical church in America, I think the average pastor stays in a church for about five years Five now. years, yep. Mm-hmm. And youth pastor, I heard, was down to 11 months or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the... The, the thing about neighborhoods like uh, like mine is is that um, uh, often uh, the, the the pastors stay there for decade upon decade upon decade, and this is especially true in the African American community. Uh, uh, a lot of the men uh, that are pastoring in West Modesto have been there for ages, mm-hmm. and 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 it, what semblance of sanity has been over there. I, I think is be, be because churches that have stayed there, they've just chosen to stay there, 
on the one hand, and on the other hand, obviously the schools have had a, a, a big impact because the schools aren't going to go anywhere. Um, having said that, frankly, it takes more than the church. It takes more than the schools. It just everybody has to come together. This it's it's not one person doesn't have all the answers. Amen to that. And I think, uh, Chief, one of the things that, that we appreciate on the, on the faith-based side of, of the community mm. is, uh, you know, with all the stuff about separation of church and state and all that gobbledygook, here in the Modesto area, I, I just sense the government has its arms wide open mm. saying, hey, we want a partner, and sometimes even say, well, where is the church? You know, the, uh, I I really sense, and, and not just from you, but uh, g- government-wide, that there really is a, a willingness and uh, a desire to work with the faith-based community. Yeah. Pastor, you, you bring up just a wonderful topic that's very dear to my heart. And you see people, I, I know that as someone pastors in a church, and they love their people, and they love their flock, and they care about them, and gosh, it's easy to get caught up in all of the issues that are within the walls of that church, the the marriages Mm -hmm. that are in trouble, the kids that are struggling, the drug use or addiction or abusive things that are going on, and people that are trying to change and be better. And and it's so easy to just get stuck. But it's a, I think a good metaphor is when you only worry about yourself, you're never happy. Mm -hmm. But when you go out and do something for somebody else, all of a sudden, you're a little mm-hmm. happier. That's and right. and so if people, you know, if the churches, and I appreciate you bringing it up, if they look outside of their own problems mm-hmm. and say, yeah, I got problems, everybody does, but I can make a difference in the world. I can bless somebody's life. I can go out and help somebody learn to read. I can paint out graffiti. I can help somebody get ensure that they succeed in school. I can mentor somebody. I can be a big brother. I can coach a team. I can coach basketball or football or ba- or baseball. Or I can make a you know, soccer. Or soccer. That's right. I can make a difference, and all of a sudden their problems get less. All of a sudden they're happier. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you. And this is your. I hear I've listened to your tapes and I've cheered them. I'm a pastor. Other people have burned them. So I'm <laughs> we. I, I would challenge the faith community to get more involved in making a difference, to get outside Amen. the walls of their church and, and, and serve. We need, we need people that will work with youth, not in the police department, but in the youth programs in this Weed and Seed area. We need scout leaders, Girl Scout leaders, Boy Scout leaders. We need coaches. And I don't need them in the police department. We need them in the community. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. You truly have a heartbeat. All of you do, Cindy and, and Chief and, and Pastor Wayne, have a heartbeat for this area of our community. And we're just so thankful that you are here with us this week. And we've got lots more to share right after this. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39 to love your neighbor as yourself. 
The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about ABC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and ABC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. ABC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. ABC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can do donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing Vibrant Communities. Faith in action. Pure, simple, proven effective. Carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live, Pastor Mike, Elaine Harlan, and our special guest. And you know, Cindy Ray, you stepped into an, an incredible uh, position there at the Modesto Police Department. Maybe talk about a little bit about what drew you in. And during the break, we were talking about the changes that we're seeing, the lights that are going in on the west side. Let's talk about This is exciting. It is exciting. There's a lot of great things. I think the challenge was was my biggest draw. And being able to use all my skills and meet some great people and just get out there and make a difference because that's what it's all about ultimately. But the lighting district, uh, last year, the residents in Pastor Wayne's neighborhood, um, I'm not sure how many homes that consists of, but do you remember how many parcels? I'm not sure. 75 or 
maybe a little bit more than that. But they all voted to assess themselves a tax to pay for the electricity so they could have streetlights. Mm. Some things that some of us take for granted who live in the city. You walk outside and there's a light there. And, well, these people in this neighborhood didn't have that. So it was dark. It was it was. It was nighttime. It was dark for them. So they realized the importance in that and voted to tax themselves to pay for the electricity. Modesto Irrigation District stepped up and agreed to install the lights at no cost, at no charge. So it's pretty awesome. And um, I'll let Pastor Wayne talk about the difference that that is making (laughs) in their neighborhood. Yes, yes. A lot of difference. (laughs) A lot of difference. Day and night. Dark and light. Yes. It's it really is hard to have words to uh, uh, describe it. The the uh, um, I remember when the first light went in on my street about two weeks ago. It was like I mean you could actually see at that intersection, <laughs> and it was just I, I mean it's it's wonderful. And we have had uh, a, a lot of people respond very positively uh, right. last week. Uh, for example, I, I wasn't home, but uh, the um, uh, owner of the house kitty corner from us uh, came across and said, uh, hey, I understand your husband is the guy to see about some of this stuff, and, and the lights are great, but what I want is I want sewer. When are we going to get sewer in here, you know? So, uh, I, I, you know, I mean, it's I wish we could have it all right now, but one thing leads to another to another, and, and so uh, our, our hope, frankly, is to use this success then, uh, to move on to sidewalks and and, yes. and curb and gutter and 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 sewer and and ultimately uh, uh, then be annexed to, to the city. So many changes that still yet to take place, and it's just exciting to see all of the improvements, the changes that come about for people in their lives as as these improvements take place. Cindy, we got the press release today on this uh, help for income taxes. You want yes. to talk a little bit about that? <clears throat> Well, the IRS designated February 1st, this Thursday, as National Earned Income Tax Credit Day. So our city council and the board of supervisors proclaimed that day locally as National EITC Day. And we are working in, we promote the EITC, the Earned Income Tax Credit, with our VITA Center. And VITA stands for Volunteer Income Tax Assistance. You hear that? Volunteers. Yay. <laughs> we, we could use a few more volunteers. We, ha- we have several already. We've been working on training them. But in a partnership with the Housing Authority of Stanislaus County, we have a VITA Center, and it is going to be open from February 1st through April 12th, I believe it is. And we'll be providing income tax assistance to low-income, seniors, disabled and other people who could not normally, you know, get their taxes prepared on their own. But we prepare them for free on the computer. We e-file for free. And so they can, taxpayers can also get their refunds deposited electronically into their bank account. So literally they could have their refund within two weeks. What a blessing mm. this is. In their is. bank this is wonderful. Well, and, and, and especially for, I'm thinking of many of the elderly people yes. That, yes. that we serve who are, you know, in, in mobile homes, their uh, families have abandoned them, and they really don't have the resources, can't understand their medical insurance, much less the tax code. And, you know, uh, I was just thinking, you know, recently an unnamed federal agency that collects taxes <laughs> <laughs> right. spent $2.85 to send me a letter telling me I, I owed them 84 cents. Can I just can't figure that? that one out. Seriously. You know, but the, the, to, to try to go through the myriad 
of all these different laws, and, and the tax laws change every year, what a great way to serve a population in our city and to bless them in just an incredible way. Now, if people awesome. are interested in, in uh, maybe helping out in some way, uh, how, can they, uh, how can they do that? Well, if they need volunteers, if they want to be a volunteer at the Vita Center, there's some training involved, which we provide. And they can call my office at 342-6105, and I'd be happy to get them all the information, the paperwork, what's needed, arrange training for them. But it, it is really an awesome opportunity. I volunteered at the center last year, and we were only, you know, it was minimal opening, so we were open for a couple of weeks. But just to help somebody, I mean, the earned income tax credit is designated for the working poor. Mm. I mean, it is a refundable credit. So a family of four could literally get up to $4,000 back, $4,500 back, mm. on top of wow. any other credit or mm. refund that they may have. Mm. So we see people that maybe have only made $20,000 in a year. They can get back $5,000. This could make a wow. huge difference. It does it make a huge difference. Yes. I mean, it's it's really it really helps people get out of poverty, and it's really a great program that's been around since the 70s, by the way. But um, we promote that, and it's pretty awesome to sit there and tell a single mom that who only made $10,000 in a year mm-hmm. that she's getting $2,000 back, Amen. something Imagine she never reaction. expected. Absolutely. So it, it's awesome. A great, great program. How many millions of dollars were going uncollected? I think the last number was $25 million. It's probably more than that. I'm not really aware of. When we looked at this area alone, Mm -hmm. there were several million dollars of eligible, unrefunded earned income tax credits Mm -hmm. that simply went unclaimed in families that would have made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why this is such an important So we center. really want to get the word out about this. So hopefully lots of people will be taking advantage of this yes. and lots mm-hmm. of people will be volunteering to help those to get that back. Yes, yeah. they, don't, they don't have to, I mean, go to a paid preparer. You see those advertisements right, on television right. and... I want a TV commercial of my own, but (laughs) no, you don't have to go there. (laughs) Well, you know, the city of Modesto is fortunate to have you in the position that you are, Cindy. We just so enjoy partnering with you and seeing all of the changes that are coming about. And and Chief and, and Pastor Wayne, all of us can get involved somehow, can't we? Whether we are a resident, whether we are in business on the west side, or wherever we happen to to be in the community. How can we encourage our people with, within this great city? Certainly Modesto has had a reputation for lots of things that we'd rather not, but, you know, things are changing. There are good things. Let's talk about the good things. How can we encourage chief people to become involved in this community? Doing exactly what you're doing right now. Uh, I think it's so important that, and I so appreciate that you put this kind of information out and, You know, the pastors that are listening and that will hear this and the the folks that will hear this message that have been blessed and have got things better in their life, step up and do something for someone else. Get outside your your comfort zone. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is it's so wonderful to go go see Pastor Bridegroom's uh, congregation and spend some time Mm -hmm. there and look at the, the kids who are great young people. These kids are so wonderful. They speak multiple languages, some of them. Um, They have great talents, and and they just need to get their education. They just need somebody to, you know, pat them on the back and say, you can do it, you know. We're here. We'll help you. You can do it. 
And, and those kids will make great police officers or great uh, pastors. We're always looking or, for yeah, police officers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we need them. Well, we certainly so, have a so, great one in you. Well, this is a big, yeah. big thing. And, you know, from from our point of view, from government point of view, we're learning as we work in Paradise South. And our intent is to do another weed and seed area over in the airport area mm-hmm. and then That'd up around great. Mellis Park. Yes, and, and we know that we need to replicate this. And so I see 15 years of work for uh, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. There you go. Uh, you you know, we, we need to accomplish yes. so much in our community. And, and Pastor Wayne, uh, what kinds of things can we hold in prayer for you and the west side, the people who live there? And uh, um. Well, I, I, I think there there's the issue of the uh, programs that uh, we are beginning to implement and so on, uh, such as uh, the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, uh, uh, you know, different things al- along that line that has to do with seeding, seeding positive things into the neighborhood. Um, so that's important. I, I think something that... Um, uh, um, is I don't know maybe even more important is is ultimately uh, as the apostle Paul said this this really is a spiritual battle mm, yes. that is taking place in the physical realm mm-hmm. and um, um, I, I I think that um, uh, we could we could use a a group of people that would quite literally pray against the uh, demonic forces uh, that revolve around the drug trade, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that revolve around the um, the loss of any meaning of marriage. Uh, there was uh, a few years ago, well, hmm, seventeen years ago now. Um, I had a I had a fifth grade kid come up to me, and uh, Beth and I were getting ready to celebrate our twentieth wedding anniversary, and 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 this boy, in all seriousness, asked me how many wives I had had in order to be married for twenty years. Wow. Mm-hmm. And and um, um, so there are at any rate, I I'm convinced that there are demonic forces behind the the, the scourge of drugs, uh, the, the the scourge of of lack of commitment in regard to marriage, and and so folks could really be praying along those lines. We will definitely hold you in prayer and encourage others to pray for you as well. Pastor Wayne Bridegroom of Central Baptist Church, Police Chief Roy Wasden, and Program Coordinator of Weed and Seed, Cindy Ray, thank you so much for joining us. And dear friends at home or wherever you may be listening to Lighthouse Life, thank you for that. Join us again next week. Our time will be 6 p.m. as we welcome back our resident doctor psychologist, Jim Hinman. On behalf of all of us here, have a great week, and may God continue to bless you.